When it comes to saving you money on tires, nobody does it better than Big O Tires. Like saving you up to $120 on select sets of Goodyear, Yokohama, Pirelli, and Continental tires now through November 3rd. That's $70 off instantly, plus up to $50 back by mail-in rebate when you purchase using your Big O Tires card. Hurry into Big O Tires and see how much you can save. Big O Tires, the team you trust. For the location nearest you, go to BigOtires.com. Today's Sports BKC podcast originated as a Facebook Live at Big O Tires in Kansas City on Thursday, December 5th, and that means we talked Chiefs. Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, Sam Mellinger, and Vahe Gregorian joined me, Blair Kirkhoff, to break down the importance of Sunday's game at the New England Patriots and provide some predictions. I invite you to hang around until the end to hear about some of the stories we're working on. Welcome to Red Zone Extra Facebook Live. We're at Big O Tires in the Northland. I got to call it up uh, the address here. We are at uh, because it's not over the door. You I see, see I can't. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's the first Big O Tire we've been to where the address isn't over the door. So I'm going to tell you the address. It's 8820 Skyview Avenue in Kansas City. We're not too far from the airport, and we're talking Chiefs. And we want to talk Chiefs with you. So send us your questions and comments. And as you're gathering those, I'm going to introduce the panel. To my far left is Sam Mellinger. <laughs> the, neatly, the neatly quaffed Vahe Gregorian is between Sam and I. <laughs> Sam McDowell is here, and so is Herbie T.O.P. Uh, thanks for joining us. And we got a big game on, on Sunday, Chiefs at New England. We're going to talk about it, and we're going to first talk about some news that happened today when it comes to the Chiefs roster. Uh, Chiefs made a couple of moves out of necessity. I thought, I thought this injury bug was kind of behind the Chiefs. You know, they, they would finally get it. It's like for the full, first half of the season, they deal with injuries to starters, you know, multiple injuries to uh, multiple players with injuries to starters, finally seem to get healthy, and then all of a sudden we're, we're dealing with running backs and cornerbacks. So the Chiefs have had to make some moves. Herbie, bring us up to date on the moves, Chiefs. Had to well, make. the big move, obviously, is Daryl Williams, who suffered a hamstring injury last week. It looked pretty bad, and even the Coach Andy Reid told us Monday it didn't look good. But they, go, they went on ahead and shut down his season. He lands on injured reserve, and, and that's the big one. Damian Williams did not practice Wednesday. He's dealing with rib injuries. So... What the Chiefs did was they signed, they brought back Spencer Ware, and Ware knows the system. I asked Andy Reid yesterday, was Ware a plug-and-play option potentially for Sunday? Reid said the beauty of bringing back Ware was that he knows the system, and he certainly does. Spent 20, uh, 2015 to 2018 here in Kansas City, so he does know the scheme, but he's not going to start, and Reid made sure that he mentioned that. He said he's not a guy who's going to start. We're going to give him the week of practice, see how he does and then they'll determine his role. But for right now, you can probably expect LaShawn McCoy and Darwin Thompson to command the touches there. Okay, and we're going to talk more about the running backs here in a second, but let's just get the rest of it. Alex Brown was brought up from the practice squad, right? There's some need at cornerback now, some need for depth at cornerback. You do have some need to def at cornerback, but you know they have Kendall Fuller back. Rashad Fenton is dealing with a hamstring injury, and he did not. He also did not practice Wednesday. But even without Fenton, and even with with Brown being pulled up, Garrett Dieter was a guy they brought back to the practice squad. But I think they're they're pretty set with their top three: Shavares Ward, uh, Breland, and also Kendall Fuller. Right, right, right. So we got Claiborne and Fenton who are you know dealing with injuries. So so let's go back to running back. Um, <laughs> 
So we're looking at a depth chart of LaShawn McCoy, Darwin Thompson, and and then maybe Spencer Ware as the as the number three going into what? How how's how's that going to play out? Yeah, I mean, you've got a guy with Darwin Thompson that's had 16 carries this year. You've got a guy in Spencer Ware who's had one practice this year. You've got a guy in LaShawn McCoy who they've rested for load management this year. So to me, they're, they're really thin at that position, and they don't really have a lot of options to correct that. The trade deadline's obviously passed. You know, they, they bring in guys off the street like Spencer Ware because he's familiar with the system. You've only got four weeks left in the season. You don't have a lot of time to get somebody up to speed anyway. So um, to me, that's a concern going forward. We, we all talked about it after the game that it was already a concern. What do you do on third and third and short, fourth and short? Because you don't have that guy that can run up the middle. To me, Darrell Williams was your best option there. And he's obviously now, now gone for the season. I think you've got some questions about what you do on certain down and distance situations now. I, th- I thought Darrell Williams quietly having a pretty good year. Um, he was the third down guy, tough runner. I can't remember if he fumbled, you know, uh, but because I do remember the LaShawn McCoy and the Damian Will Williams fumble. So he was just a reliable guy and uh, seemed to be getting more of the workload. And now he's not available. Uh, and gosh, we saw the injury happen in real time. And that was like, oh, you knew it was trouble. You did. It was one of those things where, you know, sort of the cliche, but it looks like he almost got shot, right? It's just like, boom, same thing you see on, on a lot of these sorts of injuries. And you know, it's a really good way to put it, Blair. That reliable, right? And I mean, and steady in the in the uh, in the tough going. And it's not it, it's not a, a, a thing. It's like you you build your offense around, but it's the staple that you kind of you kind of need. And especially as as Sam laid out, all these sort of oddities about each other guy. I mean, each each thing has sort of a gap in the game right now. I mean, Andy Reid talking about uh, well, he's not getting any younger when it comes to Lashawn McCoy and. Got to, got to reduce his carries or manage his carries. And it's interesting. So out of 16 carries, I think it is, for Darwin Thompson, were 11 of them the other day? 11, yeah. 11 for 44. 10, 10 on the final drive. 10, oh, 10 on the final drive. So what what we don't know, I guess, it's sort of a, a, a big unknown, I think, is, you know, do they think that that primes him to be able to play a little bit more at a place like New England? Um, against that a rookie defense? running back have a good yeah. good uh time of it there but um i don't think he's the same kind of guy at this sort of stage of his career at all as kareem hunt was then so it it is it is a, it's a, more of a loss than than uh maybe we we want to realize given what they what they have so i didn't realize it was 10 of the 11 attempts were on the final drive which right. the score at the time you know was a, was a four touchdown you know margin you know so Garbage time is what we would normally normally call that, um, but he did look okay, didn't you know? And um, and Sam, was it you that got to talk to? Uh, was it Andrew Wiley that helped escort uh, yeah. Darwin Thompson into the end zone yeah. on, on yeah. his touchdown? I love Andrew Wiley. <laughs> the, that, the whole <laughs> offensive line; those those guys are good dudes to talk to. But um, yeah, it was funny. Like it's the second blatant push into the end zone by the offensive line. Austin Ryder had a slightly more important one. Um, you know, to, to win the, the game in Detroit. Yep. But, um, you know, Wiley, like he talked about, like it was funny, maybe this is like an offensive lineman's humility, right? But he talked about like, it was all him. You know, he was running with my weight on him. So I needed to make sure that I didn't take him down because if I did, it would just have been completely my fault. <laughs> I think there's some humility going on there because he did like kind of twist him and like keep him from, you know, his knees from, from hitting the ground. But um, look, like I think that the running back situation is a concern for all the things that, that, all you guys have said, but um, 
now's not the time. Like I think Sam, you just mentioned like load management for Lashawn McCoy. That can't happen this right. weekend. <laughs> like, right. they're, 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 this is not the time for for load management. And Darwin Thompson's got to get you know some run. I mean, this is just that's what you got to do. E- even for those of us, and this is me, who think that the Chiefs can and maybe should throw the ball 60, 70, 75 percent of the time. I think we still would agree that they need to run the ball more effectively than they have. And that's that's a big problem. I think those two guys, you know, LaShawn McCoy can make guys miss, but he's he's hard to trust right now, you know, with with, with the fumbles that he's had. Um, you know, those two guys, Daryl and, and Damian, I, I like you how'd you say under the radar kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. good year. Um, they, they got a that's some problems. They got some problems to fix. And this this was this hasn't been a running game to that was in the top half of the NFL. I mean, this no. this is rushing offense hasn't been you know Chiefs' forte. So now they are without you know a couple of dudes who get carries and and, and get and, and are, have been productive. I, I don't know. I see this as an issue for kind of the biggest issue for, sure. for the Chiefs going in. I, in, in I so, think one of the think. one of the other points that we haven't made is that their third down pass protection now is going to be a problem. That's because a great point. Darwin Thompson, I, it, it, I think that's the reason he hasn't been on the field more, is his pass protection is not quite up to speed yet. We saw him get called for the Chiefs' only flag in the game, and I know it didn't count as a penalty because it was offsetting, but he just basically tries to tackle a guy that, that's blitzing. Um, and then LaShawn McCoy, you can't play him at three downs. I mean, you're worried about load management so much that you're going to sit him out a full game. You can't play him every down. So to me, Spencer Ware, I, I think, might have to dress on Sunday because that is a strength of his. It is. So um, I, I think that's probably one of the reasons they brought him in. And I don't know how much up to speed it takes to get on, on pass protection because he is playing with a different line now than, than he played with when he was back, when he was here, and right. especially when he was 2016 playing all the time. But um, I, I think you're going to have to need him on Sunday for that reason. The beauty of that, though, is just there may be different personnel, but the scheme remains the same. So, sure. so the language, you might have to adjust to relearning the language because most teams will adjust the language every year, knowing that players change teams out. But I, if I remember correctly, back when I was on the Chiefs beat the first time around in 2015, when Ware was splitting carries with a guy, Charkandrick West, it was kind of like the thunder and lightning type deal. Where was your in-between the tackles runner, whereas West was the guy you split out wide. So if we're talking about getting tough yards here, third and one, third and short situations, where's probably going to be the guy. Yeah, um, and that, that situation occurred because Jamal Charles was hurt mm-hmm. like in week four or five, and so it, it was West and Ware that had to carry the load the rest of the way, and they were the running backs uh, who were uh, on the on the team that had the 10-game winning streak to end the regular season and won the playoff game down in Houston. So, yeah, you remember that season. The next season, Spencer Ware becomes the, the team's leading rusher. He becomes their feature back. And uh, and rush for over 900 yards. First time, only time he's ever been a leading rusher for a pro or college team. He's hurt in 2017. Remember the the, the exhibition game out Seattle. of Seattle, third exhibition game. He was going to be the starter, and then that's when Kareem Hunt took over, and uh, uh, and and Ware was out for the whole season. He was on the team last year, but but the the, the running back situation changed dramatically a year ago for the Chiefs. You know. It, it's kind of fortunate that he's available, that he was around. He had signed with the Colts, I think, after last season, right. and and uh, and didn't stick. Um, they waved him with that. He got injured before the that's right. preseason yep. games even started. Right, ankle surgery. And we haven't had a chance to talk to him yet, right? I mean, he was he's right. been in the building for a couple of days, but we haven't had a chance to talk to him. So I'd be curious. I'd be kind of just curious to know what he's been doing the last couple of months and where he's been and how he's been staying in shape. And um, <laughs> one one really quick yep. thing about Spencer Ware. 
I, I'm usually um, skeptical of, of guys that are, we always say, like, signed off the street. Um, but, like, you know, the Ron Parker situation last year, he was cut from a team that was desperate for safeties. Twice, actually, the Chiefs and the Falcons. And then the Chiefs re-signed him. Spencer Ware was cut from a team that's got some backs. You know, there, there was some depth there. So this, this is not... It's like a half a step at least above the Ron, you know, like the Ron Parker thing is, ooh, that's a really bad sign. Spencer Ware, I think just to underline your point that you just made, that's that's a fortunate break because of two things. Between the, t- he might be able yeah. to get a tough yard and and he's better in pass, pass pro. Yeah. I don't know how much Spencer Ware's got left because like Herbie mentioned his ankle surgery, he had a knee injury that you guys mentioned in Seattle, but I was actually surprised to find out that he's only 28 years old. He just turned 28 years old. Two weeks ago, he was still 27 years old. That that surprised me. So maybe he's got a little bit more left than than you might expect. This is kind of reminiscent of what the Rams did last year when they signed C.J. Yeah. Anderson yeah, that's a good point. off the streets that's a good you know, point. late December. And, of course, he helped them because Todd Gurley was going through some issues. Right. So maybe you find lightning in the bottle this late in the season. You know, and, and I think, again, it helps tremendously that he knows the system. And that's the key thing. And, and look, the, the Chiefs have done this before in other positions, right? And in fact, they did it at this position. They brought back Charkandrick West last year off the street. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, whole thing has been thanks, Sam. Right? The whole thing with the, the, he was selling insurance. That's the other thing we always say about those you know, guys. The revival, though, of, of, of bringing back guys they've had. We were talking about that early in the season. Remember, it was a, already a trend, and now it yeah. keeps going. There's a comfort level with these guys, and, and, and hopefully it's not an inflated belief just because they know it, right? I mean, hopefully it's a... Uh, a, a real astute understanding of, of what they can provide now. I can remember being in, D- in Detroit for the for the Lions game and being on the field before the game with you. And there's Frank Zombo standing there talking to <laughs> you know to Dave Tobe and some other coaches. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I wonder if we'll see him back again this year because he they, he was brought in for a dozen games or so last year for um, as a replacement when they were going through injuries. Hey, but you remind, you reminded me of one other trend. I don't know how to quantify this, but it is kind of interesting. I don't know what the uh, broadest way, best way to gauge. You know, man games, lost to injury, number of injuries. And I, I don't know if you can even compare it. Um, there's no basis for comparison in a lot of ways, but it is extraordinary. I mean, I, I, and I, I keep thinking about that 1969 Chiefs team, the last one went to the Super Bowl, having no defensive player miss a single start wow. on that team. Right. Right, and of course, six of those guys were Hall of Famers. That helped too. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it helped that they were on the field, and, and yeah. we were able to help the Chiefs through the Len Dawson, you know, uh, time missing uh, with six games, right? Miss, and then when he came back, he wasn't the same guy. He was right, he was, right, and he got he had to miss another game later. Right, but it is. I don't know. I don't know if the Chiefs in, in the Chiefs recent history, if they've had this kind of just uh, rash of of injuries that that. I, but it's it's been, I think, really unusual. Matthew Brownfield makes a good point about Spencer Ware as a uh, coming out of the backfield as a receiver. You know, catching the ball. That is something yeah. that when you talk about being used to the Andy Reid offense, getting used to the Andy Reid offense in pass protection and being able to be an outlet, a, a valve there for Patrick Mahomes. Um, we just don't know enough about Darwin Thompson to know if he's if that's part of his game. And look, that's Lashawn McCoy's been able to. You know, he's got some receiving yards. Maybe he's never touched down that way. I don't. I don't know. I, I can't remember. Yeah, the opener he did. Did he out of the backfield? So uh, I, I think that's you know that's another another reason to to think we might see Spencer Ware on the on the field this week. And um, that's what they. That's one of the things they're going to miss with Damian Williams until he comes back because to me that's his biggest strength. This is he's very good. 
in the past game. Well, and he had the um, was it two two reception touchdown receptions against the Patriots last year in the AFC title game. So you're right. Um, well, yeah, there is a game on um, on Sunday, and it's an interesting game. It's a really interesting game. Uh, are we? The more I read about it, uh, the more I see regional, national people feeling good about the Chiefs' chances in New England this week. And I'm seeing, I think that's mostly based on, you know, what New England has been the last month with two and two after getting off the eight, eight no start, a two and two record, and losing to the two better teams. Uh, on on the uh, on on the schedule there the the Ravens and the Texans, but are we completely buying that this is a um, you know a, a Patriots team that's somewhat vulnerable? Yeah, I think they're vulnerable. Um, is vulnerable as a ten and two or eleven and two? Ten and two. Ten, ten, ten and two, two. team. Um, you know that, that you can say is defending Super point. Bowl champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's six-time um, Super Bowl winning great quarterback. Defense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> historic defense. Right. It's all relative. Right? <laughs> um, but I, I think like their defense is sort of next level um, compared to everybody else. But on offense, um, you know, Brady's older, um, and I, I think too though they're missing guys. They're missing like playmakers. They're missing Gronk. You know. And, you know, NFL teams and the Patriots in particular, right, um, can be famous for not saying anything with their words. But I think the Patriots are saying a lot with their actions when they go get Josh Gordon, when they go get, you know, Antonio Brown, when they uh, trade for Mohamed Sanu. You know, they're telling us very clearly, like, we need playmakers. We need receiving talent. And none of those things have worked out. Sanu's still on the team. But it, he was on the injury report, I saw. Yeah, I don't know if he'll play. He's been um, but, uh, anyway, like, none of those things have, have really worked out. Um, you know, people, teams have been able to get to Tom Brady. That's always been, you know, part of the problem. He gets the ball out quickly. They protect. Um, you know, they're vulnerable on offense. And it's a scoring league. Um, you know, it's an absolutely, like, the, the more points, the merrier kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're they're still a good team. Like, let's not, you know, they're not yeah. playing the Raiders this week, <laughs> right? Uh, they're still a good team. But, yeah, vulnerable. They're still a good team. And, and losing to the Ravens and Texans has happened on the road, away from New England, where they haven't right. lost since early of uh, 2017. The Chiefs were one of those teams that beat them. I think the Panthers beat them in the first month the of Panthers the Panthers beat them a couple weeks after. Yeah. I saw a stat, though. Did you guys see this, that uh, when Brady and Julian Ed- Edelman have both played, they have never lost in Foxborough. This is like 10 years. What? What? Did Edelman not play against the Chiefs in he the didn't. opener? Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was hurt. Well, 10 years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That, yeah. was, that was the other, the other, one of the other great stats I saw. It was, it was actually during the, um, the, the Patriots-Cowboys uh, game a couple weeks ago that the Patriots are 98-1 in Foxborough when leading at halftime. They lost the 2017 game, and the one that was the, the, the one was the Chiefs uh, game in 2017. 98-1. Uh, 98-1. So there's a, there's an indicator if the Patriots are leading at halftime, <laughs> right. you might want to an indicator, <laughs> right? And the reason one of the reasons that's significant is the last three times the Chiefs and the Patriots have played, that Chiefs win, and then both of the Patriots wins last year. Uh, the Patriots got out to leads, right? And they led at halftime in all of those games. In both games last year, the regular season game in uh, in Foxborough and the AFC title game, the leads were pretty substantial. It was 14 to nothing in the AFC title game, and it was 24 to nine at at Foxborough in the regular season. And in both games, the Patriots won the game on the final snap of the game, right? Yeah. The field goal in New England and then the touchdown in overtime at, uh, at Arrowhead. So... Chiefs have had great second halves. How is how important is it going to be for the Chiefs to get off to a decent start? 
What do you think, Herb? I think to your first question when you, when you and Sam were talking about this, you can't overlook a Bill Belichick and Tom Brady team. And that's, there's a story on the – I'm plugging my article here. There's a story on KansasCity.com I wrote from talking to some of the players yesterday about this, this myth that's going around the national media circles that the Patriots are washed up. Uh, statistically, they are down. Let's, let's not even try to – argue against that. They're currently ranked 14th in total offense. This is the first time since 2014 that they're not in the top five. So their numbers certainly support that they are down. But I talked to Brasad Breland about this, and he last year he played with Aaron Rodgers. If you all remember last year, the Packers got off to a slow start. And Breland actually laughed when I actually posed that question. Is Tom Brady over the hill now? He said, oh, are you kidding me? They said the same thing about Aaron Rodgers. And he said, with the GOATs in the National Football League, at any time they can flip the switch and turn it on. Aaron Rodgers does it, and Tom Brady over the years has certainly proven that he's capable of doing it. What the Chiefs have to do here is you got to figure out that Patriots defense. Like Sam mentioned here, they are above level here. But we're talking like they've been compared to the 85 Bears and the 99 Ravens team that won the Super Bowl. That's how lights out they are. You figure out that defense, you know Gilmore is lights out playing man-to-man. You got to take advantage of whomever Gilmore is not playing. That's what you got to do to beat this Patriots team. Can we say one other thing, too? Like, let's pretend that we live in a world where Tom Brady is washed up. He's not, but let's pretend. (laughs) Four years ago, a team won the Super Bowl with a washed up quarterback, right? A washed up Hall of Fame Peyton Manning quarterback. I mean, he, he got benched for Brock Osweiler, right? And then, and then came back and they, they still won the Super Bowl. So, like, and he's not washed up. I just want you no, to like that. But, but they won that because their defense was phenomenal at Von yeah. Miller, right? Kind of like now. Yeah, yeah. Like, like now. I mean, she fits, so it, right? it, it yeah. can be done. It, yep. it can be done. Absolutely. To me, the, the, when you look at the Patriots, you have to ask yourself that after eight games, at the midway point of the season, their defense was, was you know, their defense had scored as many touchdowns as they had allowed. Uh, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they were they were on a, on pace to set these phenomenal records and be the greatest defense of all time. And they're doing it, you know, with basically, you know, not not too many changes from last year's defense. They lost Trey Flowers, but a lot of the other guys are back. This, this Jamie Collins is having an incredible year at linebacker for uh, them. So what's... It, was it a, f- a function of the schedule? I mean, they. I think a lot. I think a lot. So, because you look at it recently, and actually, the, the 49ers have surpassed them in almost all the defensive. That, ma- you're right. Defensive they, metrics they, they now, have been. and it's because they've played two really good offenses, two really good quarterbacks on the road, and they didn't do a whole lot against Lamar Jackson. They were okay against Deshaun Watson last week. I think if you hold them to 28 points, you feel okay about it, but not based on the way your defense has been playing. Um, to me, it's just it's incredible how much this matchup has changed in one year. Yeah. Because both games last year, you went into the you went in saying, "Man, I don't know how the Chiefs' defense is going to get a stop, but but man, I don't know how anybody's going to stop yeah. Patrick Mahomes' offense." And now you're you're going into it thinking that the Chiefs' best matchup might be their defense against Tom Brady. And and to Sam's point about the playmakers, the Patriots' wide receivers are struggling this year, mm-hmm. and the Chiefs' secondary we've all talked about the past month or so has been great. And I don't know how the Patriots get open on, on Sunday. Well, I mean, it's to me, it, on, on that side of the ball, it's going to be how the, the Chiefs defend Edelman and, and White out of the backfield, yeah, right? And do they, do they bracket Edelman the way the Patriots have bracketed Tyreek Hill last year? Well, and we ex- probably expect again on Sunday. You, I, I think so. And, and put an and body up on Travis Kelsey, which really makes the game important for players like Sammy Watkins or Demarcus Robinson. Patriots do a good job of, uh, of taking away guys. And I, I, I do think that that's, in addition to the whatever happens at running back, the, 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 the third and fourth choices 
choices at wide receiver or, or, or as targets is going to be important for the Chiefs this weekend. Absolutely. To me, that's the key of the game because those guys are going to be going up against man-to-man -man all, all, all game long. And we saw those guys against man-to-man -man against teams like Detroit and Indianapolis and Houston struggle in those situations. And, I mean, Andy Reid said it a thousand times. It just comes down to it. You just have to beat the guy across from you at some point because Tyreek Hill's going to see all sorts of – I wouldn't be surprised if, if Tyreek Hill sees Gilmore yeah. plus – bracketed coverage over there and like you mentioned they're gonna they're gonna bump Travis Kelsey all game yep Tyree Kill had 142 yards and three touchdowns in the first meeting they completely changed how they defended him in the second meeting he had one catch in the AFC championship game like you said the Patriots strength is taking away your strength Blair to your the other thing to your first question on, on this thread of this conversation um can the Chiefs afford to get off to a bad start? I don't think they can. I mean, between your 98 and one halftime stat and this idea that this this offense, you know, Brady's not washed up, obviously, but this offense has struggled. If they're getting a 14 or 17 point lead and with that defense, with the Chiefs unable to uh, really depend on the run to throw anything off, and they've got to pass and their history of at least being able to fool Patrick Mahomes a little bit for a little while, mm -hmm. I, I think it could be big trouble. I mean, I, I, I don't like their chances if they get down two touchdowns. Well, and we're basing our thought of how the game might go on pretty much how the Patriots are playing right now. I know the Chiefs have won a couple in a row, but their offense, ha the offense hasn't looked good, no. really. I mean, and, and yeah. we know the Mahomes numbers the last couple of games. Is there enough belief and faith that this Chiefs offense can go to New England and, and Patrick Mahomes can play, you know, peak Patrick Mahomes against in these circumstances? Well, I, I think it's a great test. I don't actually doubt that he, they can and will. But it will be against the grain from what we've seen the trend the last couple of weeks. I mean, no matter what anybody says about, you know, weather conditions and game conditions, Patrick has not been sharp. Um, and I, I think you'd worry more if he didn't have almost a career best game when he first came off the injury. Mm -hmm. but at Tennessee. At Tennessee, that first game back, whatever it was, 440 yards. But I, I think there's some questions right now about their ability to, to be as efficient and devastating as they've been. Um, and against this defense, it, it'll be a great, great matchup. One, one of the biggest things that, that you notice, like, and look, like, Patrick Mahomes, like, struggles are many quarterbacks, like, good games. Um, but, you know, he's still, he's still a hell of a player. Um, but these last two games, if you, if you search, there's two things that stick out, to me at least, when you, when you rewatch them. And one is, so much of his magic is these just spectacular plays, like, just... How the hell did he do that? And that there's none of that. There hasn't been any of those plays the last two weeks. And the other thing is, um, he's bailing the pocket quickly. Sure. Um, yeah. He doesn't trust the line, especially on stunts and stuff like that. He's uh, <laughs> that play. I didn't notice this live, but that play um, against the Raiders where he uh, scrambled right and threw across his body, and it was a duck, and it should have been picked. That was a fine pocket. Yeah, there's no reason to leave. You know, and and that's that was the most obvious example, but there were others, and that's. That's a hell of a thing against this defense. If you don't trust your offensive line against those guys, that could be a huge problem. I, I looked it up just to that point, and I think that uh, out of the pocket, based on, on my own numbers, he was three for nine for like 30 yards in oh, that geez. game against Oakland. Yeah. So and he's usually exceptional. And there were, I thought, three plays, you mentioned one of them, where it was his own doing. He just decided to leave the pocket when he didn't need to leave the yeah. pocket. And the way when he was most successful was when it was just a straight drop, or a lot of times it was just just a pivot because he's in the shotgun and throw it right away. That's when the Chiefs were most successful against the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders didn't have a good secondary at all. 
Right. They were, I think, last in the NFL against against the deep ball, and, right. and they didn't exploit that. And I think part of the reason is because, and he actually mentioned it because I asked him about it on Wednesday. He's got to hitch up in the pocket in those situations mm-hmm. rather than than looking to bail. And I don't know. You could probably speculate that maybe the injuries have had something to do with that, but. Um, just, just kind of a fear of, of getting that hit, and mentally, it, it, it's just going to take a little bit of time to, to get back used to that. And it's a weird thing because the line's healthy now, and and he's right. and he's doing this, and it's not he'll he'll bail left usually right, um, but he's also drifting too far back at yeah, times. I mean, it's just sure. it's it's a mess. That that it's one he mess. completed to Kelsey over the middle, how far, he was backpedaling and yeah. it was probably yeah. ten yards behind. He yeah. threw three or four more passes yeah. off his back foot, including the interception yeah. that wasn't called an yeah. interception. Then he didn't need to do that either. Uh-huh. He he had he had room to to step into a pass and he just kind of flicked it off his back foot, which he's done so many times and we never analyzed because it's been successful <laughs> right. so many times. <laughs> That's right. It's one of the miracle plays, right? right? But yeah. when the throws off, all of a sudden it stands out. The footwork stands out more. One of the things that happened last season, and, and it was, you know, he had he had some nagging injuries, maybe worse than nagging, that, that nobody's really ever disclosed. I've just kind of come across that. Something to do with his leg or knee or ankle or something. That and, it, and as he wore down toward the end of the season, you saw his mechanics change late in the season. Obviously, he's been contending with some other stuff this season, and I think, I think maybe he is in need of a sort of mechanical tune-up. Um, Pete Gradhoff uh, says, Kazoo night. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. Nobody else said it. <laughs> Too busy talking. Um, uh, Cody Enderizi, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, makes uh, an interesting point, a name we haven't brought up, who may be looming as pretty important, is McCole Hardman. Yeah. Just, just a yeah. weapon, a, a player who can be a That's weapon a uh, with his speed, and we've seen it at times this year. Who the Patriots have not seen. So, yeah. um, I, I think this is an opportunity from Cole Harmon to maybe stand out. But back to uh, back to Mahomes. There were a couple of other passes in that game that kind of were to me really unMahomes like. The, the one deep ball he did throw to Kelsey was just maybe the wind got it. It was a, it was a breezy day, but it was. The ball and player were nowhere near each other, but by the time they were sort of in the same vicinity. And then the other attempt to Kelsey over the middle that should have been a touchdown, but either Mahomes threw it too hard or Kelsey wasn't ready for it. And those are plays I'm just not used to seeing from Mahomes. The one in the end zone. In the end zone, right. Yeah, but that that ball needed to be caught. Like, without knowing exactly the, the timing of the route. And, it did need to be caught. You know, maybe the ball got there too quick, but it, it went Kelsey had his hands up like this, and the ball just went between his hands and his face. That's got to be caught. Sometimes Kelsey... They still scored on that drive. They did. But they did. still. Yep. And there are times when Kelsey, you could tell, especially if on the first two targets, either isn't, kind of isn't there yet, and... He dropped another one, first I think, earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah first, first offensive play. Yeah. yeah, he's done that a couple of times this season. Right. Too. You just wonder if he just needs a... Needs a you know, half of a quarter to, to, yeah. to get ready to warm up or something. Well, calm down. Calm down. down. Right. Yeah. Push-ups <laughs> on the sideline. San Diego Cure. It's a Tijuana special. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, all right. Um, you guys, what? Um, uh, try to th- let's let's do this. Let's go to our uh, where the rubber meets the road. This is where we identify players uh, that need to come up big or that we think will come up big in this game. And while, in addition to doing that, so in, in addition to picking our players who need to come up, let's go ahead and, and predict who's going to win this game. So two questions: rubber meets the road. 
player to come up big, and let's uh, let's see if this group is following something of the national temperature on this game, uh, which is kind of leaning Chiefs right now. Herbie, let's start with you. Um, rubber meets the road. Who's going to win? Rubber meets the road. I'm going with tight end Travis Kelsey. Going back to my first point, we know Gilmore is probably going to lock up on Tyreek Hill. Someone else has to come up big, and I think it's going to be Kelsey, who was just 77 yards shy of setting an NFL record, being the only tight end to have four straight 1,000-yard seasons. Kelsey's going to come up big in this game. Conversely, I'm going to go against the grain here, uh, uh, the national media here. I, I don't... I think the Patriots are still going to win this game. Nobody prepares their team better than Bill Belichick. And if anyone's going to be upset coming off of the loss last week against the Texans, it's got to be the Patriots. You know, one of the fascinating things on the teleconference on Tuesday, the question was posed to Belichick. Do you even pay attention to the offensive stats? And Belichick all gruff. He was like, <laughs> you know, we don't care about numbers. We only care about wins. And that's the way it's always going to be while I'm here. Patriots sound pissed off. They're going to win this game. Very Belichickian. I'm sure there was a pause too. Whenever you ask a question, there's just like this five second pause. Like, he, he doesn't say yeah. He doesn't say yeah like Patrick does. He's gauging his level of anger at the question. <laughs> <laughs> you were on the call. You heard him say that. I was, like, yeah. yeah. Every, every he question. He shut you, that question down. You almost wanted to repeat yourself. Like, did he hear it? It was taking a little bit of time. All right, Sam, what do you think? Um, Rubber meets the road. I think for who has to come up big, it's the other wide receivers. And I think McCole Hardman's most likely to have a big play in the game because of his speed. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of Demarcus Robinson. I picked Sammy Watkins last week. He went catchless. So, uh, sorry, McCole Hardman, I guess. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to win, though. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, uh, relatively speaking, to what we're used to seeing out of the Chiefs and Patriots. Uh, I think maybe 24-21 range. Okay, that would be different than the previous, uh, the recent yeah. previous games. But the Patriots are favored in this game. They you are. Know, as, much as, as much as the national media is picking them, they open as a four-point favorite. It has moved down to three, but th that's still a field goal favorite. And I think the over-under is 48 and a half. Yeah, but that, so that's actually seen the most movement. That opened at 51. It's now down to 48. So I do think a lot of people are expecting a lower-scoring game than what we've typically seen. It's actually the lowest over-under in a Chiefs game this season. Wow. Okay. Bye, Hank. I, I think we're probably exempt from saying Patrick, but I'm going to say Patrick because I, th I think he has to have the, the kind of game we've come to expect from him, even against New England, right? He ultimately, his numbers have been pretty good, uh, but, but first half hiccups. So I, I think if he, if he plays the way we've seen him at you know, near his peak, which is almost every game, I think they can win. Um, but I don't think they're going to win. I think they're going to lose by about a touchdown. I, I, just, I just feel like there's too many things... Uh, from Herbie's point uh, on about the Patriots' state of mind and playing there, um, I, I, I just think it's not going to quite be a Chiefs win. I think they lose by about a touchdown at 24-17 range. Okay. All right, Sam. Can I give two? Because yes. I, I had four in mind, and it was Kelsey, and it was actually Mahomes, and then I have, I've got two left, um, and they're both on defense. One is uh, Reggie Ragland. We haven't talked about uh, – Michelle might have – 59 carries in this game. And like, he's been over 100. He was over 100 both times against the Chiefs yeah, last and year. I've done this before, but I'm using Reggie Ragland as sort of a just a, a representation of the run defense because that's what Belichick does. Like we talked about, like going, he, he takes away your strength and he goes after your weakness, and that's one. Uh, and the other one is Kendall Fuller, who, you know, they're, they're having problems at corner, uh, depth problems, numbers problems. And Kendall Fuller's best spot in his career has been in the slot, Julian Edelman. 
You know, I, I think those are those are two things. And um, I can't remember which game it was, but Vahe, you, you talked about like the Chiefs are going to lose because of this, 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 and this, and so I'm going to pick them to win just because you know. <laughs> so because I agree with like a lot of what the national media is saying about the Chiefs yeah. should blah 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 blah, but. Patriots. <laughs> like, I, I just don't know how you pick, you know, like, they've done it so many times. And I, I just, they are pissed off if, um, you know, not that the Patriots haven't gone through some freakouts before, but they lose to the Texans, the Ravens, and then the Chiefs. Now you're fourth in the AFC, yeah. you know, is, is what people would be saying. I just, I, I feel like this might be the wrong time to play the Patriots in the wrong building. Well, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure they're all walking around the training facility in Foxborough with some sort of motivational phrase on their T-shirt, like they did at the AFC title game. Yeah, what was it? Bet against us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Those plucky Patriots, gritty <laughs> <laughs> underdog Patriots. Nobody believes in us. <laughs> Somebody made money. Was it Edelman? Yeah, they made money off of that. Yeah, they were touting that thing. But that's I mean, it just goes to show how against it, us. It, and they came out. They were on fire in that game. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. took it to the Chiefs in the first half. Right? So, um, but my, my rubber meets the road uh, is going to be, if, I was going to say the offensive line in general, but in yeah. particular the middle of the offensive line because the, the Patriots stunt and twist and uh, they, have, they, have, they find ways to bother the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, I think quarterbacks like, like uh, Jackson and Watson can man- uh, maneuver that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes a little... Not quite that type of quarterback, really. uh, and and we just and we and we talked about earlier how much trouble he's had in the pocket and staying in the pocket. Boy, it's going to be important for him to to read read the trouble and to avoid it. And uh, but I, I do think the Patriots are going to dial up something. I I can see I can see Mahomes being sacked four or five times in this game. Um, so I'm going to you know middle of the Chiefs offensive line. So Ryder Wiley uh, Duvernay Tardif especially, but the whole offensive line in particular. And I'm, I'm picking the Patriots. I just look, Patriots and Foxborough, I think they've been stung by the idea of not being the best team in the AFC because of the losses to the Texans and the Ravens. They get another division leader this time at home, and I think they're going to be out to prove that uh, they belong in the conversation with, with the best of the teams in the AFC. They have played a crap schedule. I mean, playing the yeah. NFC East this year is like playing a last place schedule. It's yeah. like they played a last place schedule. So I think playing the, record, the AFC East is like playing a last. It, it, it is right. That's right. With the exception of the Bills this year. With the big, you're right, and they have to play the Bills one more time. It's in Foxborough, I think, in two we, in a couple weeks. So. Um, it's still a very good team. It's a good Patriots team, but I think their record's a little inflated because of who they played. But they're playing at home. I think they're going to be ready for this game. So that's my pick. I want to I want to go out on a on a thought that I, I had early in the season, and we actually may have done it a couple of times, but we don't do it enough. And I want to do this today, and let's talk about some of the stories we've got coming up and some of the things we're planning to write, because you may think. <laughs> that we are professional Facebook Live journalists. <laughs> Listen, I, I understand where you're, where you're coming from, but that's not it. We, we, we do this in addition to uh, writing stories for the star. So uh, every day uh, when we cover the Chiefs at practice, this group gets together and talks about what they're going to write. And we try to you know, plan out the, the next few days in advance. So, Sam McDowell, what do you got coming this week? Um, I'm working on a story right now on Patrick Mahomes and just uh, so this this next two weeks I think it is is the my my cause my cleats and maybe I reverse that um, but Mahomes has worn some wristbands throughout the year um, that 
represent different stories for every wristband, and he's got five of them, and a lot of them are, are sick kids or kids that have been through something, and one of them I found out does, didn't even know he was wearing it until they saw him on TV wearing it, and there's been actually two, two people that have had kind of similar stories where they found out in a different way. He doesn't, he doesn't express that he's doing this, um, but man, it, it means the world to, to the people involved, so I've actually this week been able to get in touch with, with the people that are represented on, on his wristbands and, and chatted with them and, and telling their stories a little bit. That'll be great. Um, Herbie, you're the day-to-day -day guy. Nuts, bolts, news, notes, everything. Anything in the beyond that coming for uh, for Sunday? Outside of nuts and bolts, though, I am going to be able to step out of the box here. I'm, I got a, a big piece coming up here on the Chiefs' utilization of 12 personnel, which is basically one running back and two tight ends. They consistently rank in the top five in the National Football League by utilizing that package a lot. Why do they use it a lot, and what do people think about playing in it? Some fascinating thoughts from Andy Reid, who I got off to the side on this, and some of the players off to the side as well. I will say Tyreek Hill says, oh, he loves it. Hmm. Because when the tight ends are out there and they're drawing that coverage, he is most often right. able yeah. to take advantage of that. That's a good point. Well, hey, what do you got cooking, man? Um, I'm in a, what I like call a conceptual stage, <laughs> um, which means we all we all are there. With you, Daddy. I may be trying to go to the hoop with something related to zero penalties last week and one big penalty last year. Uh, I also may be kicking it out to the corner to somebody as I go to the hoop. Uh, we'll, we'll see about that. And um, we got a couple other things we're working on uh, beyond the Chiefs. Um, that I, I I can't say. Okay, okay. Don't <laughs> don't want to jinx them. Then there as well. Sam McDowell. I know you've been working on. Rallinger. Oh, okay. <laughs> I changed my name. Oh, I'm sorry. I changed my name. <laughs> Finally, see, it happened. See, we don't do this professionally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally right. Yeah. Sam Allinger. Uh, what you got? Uh, yeah, I got a um, a story on Charvarius Ward that, in some ways, I've been working on for a year. In some ways, um, I wrote about him. Uh, last year in the playoffs, I think, and about he spent part of his childhood in a wheelchair and, you know, sort of how he, he got to where he is. Um, he reached out to me a couple weeks after that story ran and said, that's just the, that's just the start of the story. And so, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> so, uh, Do tell. He, he spent the summer in L.A. I flew out there for another story and to, to meet with him. And, uh, I mean, he told me some amazing, I mean, just opened his heart, really, in, in a way that you don't get uh, very often, there's there's some really uh, kind of eye-opening stuff in there. Um, talk to him, and, and part of it, he didn't want the story to run until he could talk with his mom. His mom was up for a game. Is that the Viking Vikings game? I think I went to his house and talked to him some more. Um, it, it's some really good stuff. I, I hope you check it out. So when will that get posted on Cancel Uh Good question. Uh, perhaps tomorrow, um, but maybe right. Sunday. Yeah, okay. Friday, okay. Friday to Sunday. Somewhere but definitely in the Sunday Star. Sunday uh, print. print. Yep. Wow, yep. that, that'll be great. I, I know we've talked about this story for a while, and you know it's like every few months you come back and you, you've got another layer to it. It's, it's like crazy. Any yeah. one of those things would have made an incredible story. Yeah, yeah it's it's a lot there. It's a lot there. When, when you were telling us about it, I, I'll never forget the effect of exactly what you were saying, that you were laying out four, five, six things, and then, then you kind of came back to the... The wheelchair and, and all yeah. these things like as like secondary points because yeah. you've already written that. I yeah. mean, well, one specific point that I didn't get into the first time about the wheelchair is that stuck with him. Like there's parts of his personality that were developed and sort of, for lack of a better word right now, hardened in him that affect how he is right now. Um, oh. And I didn't think about that before 
and that, that's part of what he opened up about. It was really cool. He's having a, he's having a really he's good season. He's having a hell of a year. Yeah. Uh, pro Football Focus, I know people, some people like it and some people don't, but they, they have him as the seventh best cornerback in the league among guys that have played 80% of the snaps or more. How about that? Yeah. Okay. All right, great. So uh, we are going to get to practice. Get to practice. So for Herbie T.O.P., <laughs> Sam McDowell, Bob Hagerdorian, and Sam Mellinger, <laughs> Beth Welsh is here to produce. Thank you very much, Beth. Mike and Sarah are here. Thanks a lot. And I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We will talk to you again after the Chiefs game on Sunday. Take care. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKCOffer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening.